Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. Just depends on what part of the world you are listening. Good evening. It is the first of October. Oh boy, buddy, buddy. <laughs> it is the first of October, twenty twenty. Welcome, episode. Where are we at? Twelve, thirteen something like that, of the Greenhouse Effect radio show. I am one of your hosts, Will Green. Tonight we're going to, this is, this is, this is going to be, this is going to be a fun night. We're going to uh, bring my dad back up in the biz here on Thursdays as a regular, not just as somebody just calling in, you know, you know, normally we do our shows on Wednesday, um, dysfunctional by design. But, you know, we've been talking and having so much fun on this journey, and, and hopefully you all are having as much fun as we are on this journey uh, on Blog Talk Radio. So Wednesday, Thursday, you know, it's kind of tough sometimes. And, and, you know, for those of you that might do, I don't know, um, something similar to this, whatever it is that you do, speak in front of an audience or put together a group or something, rather, you know, something that you do, uh, we just figured, you know, we're going to 
just put our combined talents together purposely uh, on, on Thursday nights. Um, but that's not to say dysfunctional by design will not uh, be seen again at the radio show. Uh, and be on the lookout soon for the roadshaman.com and the greenhouseeffect.com websites as well. So, yeah, so welcome, welcome, welcome. I am your co-host, Will Green, tonight on the Greenhouse Effect radio show, October 1st. Uh, this is going to be cool. Like I said, Dad will be coming in in a minute. Well, in a little while as our co-host. be introducing a new segment, the Blacks Views, the Blacks Perspective of the News Today. I know you all got some questions already. What's with the apostrophe F? Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. And he'll get into that later on tonight. Uh, so namaste, welcome. How you all faring out there? How you faring? Um, each week is not without its moments of question, discussion, and sometimes just plain stupidity. <laughs> But as always, uh, we hope here at the Greenhouse Effect Radio Show that uh, everyone is faring well and that you are able to find the balance that's needed uh, as we continue going through these changing times. And you're finding, hopefully you're developing and finding a better you. I'm trying to work on mine. Hopefully you're working on yours. And, again, we continue to encourage wellness mentally, physically, and, of course, spiritually. So, again, I hope everybody is, is faring faring well. I'm going to flip the um, the normal format. Uh, as you all may have noticed, usually on the Greenhouse Effect radio show, um, this season um, I began titling the episodes based on African or comedic deities. Um, in these changing times as we're trying to adapt uh, as we're trying to find a better you, or find a better us, or what have you. Um, I've been drawn to wanting to discuss, if even just for a moment, different comedic deities. And maybe even these particular deities would give reference to the show. You know, and those of you that have heard the previous shows and, and the subject matter that we talked about, you find that there's a lot of relativity when it came to discussing these, these spiritual beings and the topics of today. So if you haven't had a chance to experience it, please go back uh, and listen to the other shows. And you can also check out Dysfunctional by Design, uh, blogtalkradio.com slash greenbg52, greenbg52. So tonight's episode is titled Oshun. Last week, uh, we talked about Anasi, A-N-A-N-S-I. And before I continue, uh, one thing that me and my dad really enjoy doing, and I'm going to tell you all something, man, for real. Let me, let me jump on the box for a second if we can do that. We've got the little box. We've got big boxes because this is our show. <laughs> I'm jumping on like a medium box here um, because of this show and this opportunity that I get to do with my dad. And if you all know of any shows, anything that you do or, you know what I'm saying, that you do with people that you listen to or what have you, let me know if there's something out here where 
you've got a father and son putting something together, you know, you've got a mentee and a mentor, you've got one generation and another generation, and we've been doing this for a minute um, and other shows too. But you let me know if you find some other shows like that, um, like we're doing right here. Um, So I just wanted to jump on that box real quick. Uh, One thing that me and my dad like to do is remind you all to grab a pen and pad. Maybe you've got some questions. Maybe you might find some things. You might learn something. Maybe you've got some suggestions. Maybe there's some networking involved. Just never know. You know what I'm saying? Unless you're driving, of course, I would not ask you to grab a pen and pad because you are driving, and most importantly, we want you to live (laughs) and hear the next episode and to share good times with us. But if you're you're chilling, if you have the opportunity on your phone or whatever, pen and pad, Grab something, take notes, you got questions, write it down, uh, you know, because we don't want you to forget anything and if we want you to learn something. But, again, we believe that a 1,000 words would do um, versus just a 100. So sometimes we can talk, and that's what we do because this is talk radio. <laughs> so um, last week I did something different and introduced Nasi, A-N-A-N-S-I, <clears throat> And it was different because, of course, Anasi is not one of those comedic deities that you would hear about, like a Heru or Isis or Osiris. Um, but we, I introduced him um, as far as just how things are happening right now. And even just the other night, I'm sure with what you all experienced with the debate, and I said you all because I just could not watch that debate the whole trickery and just the whole thing of it. So we introduced Anasia, which was a different, uh, which was not a comedic deity. So tonight we have the title Oshanan. This time, um, so this week I'm trying to, you know, how do I want to approach this, dealing with the debate? Um, I mean, I did catch the highlights and everything else, but I just couldn't watch it live. <laughs> I just couldn't do it. But, you know, I'm looking at these things, and, again, I call it the, the circus is in town in D.C. on 1600. And, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to think of some things, get some ideas, and I'm Google searching, right, uh, deities that protected the people or supported the people or something like that. And Ocean came up. And... Um, so I had a chance just to learn a few things. I'm like, well, we'll just go with it then and um, see how it relates. But, you know, um, again, I'm just so concerned about all of our well-being and um, hoping that we find um, support, you know, that we are finding ways to protect ourselves even now as black Americans, as uh, black men and black women, or even people of color, those even uh, who are listening um, that are dealing with some of the strange same struggles that we're dealing with here in black America. Um, how are we protecting ourselves? How are we supporting ourselves? Um, and I'm kind of going around the block just to get across, across the street. I'm kind of feeling, I wasn't feeling too good early and I'm kind of feeling better right now. So, Bear with me because I'm kind of going through some things. And I'm a little disappointed today. I'm all over the place right now. But I'm a little disappointed, too, because my White Sox lost. And so I think that they're done. They're not in the playoffs no more. They lost the wild card. 
So I just found that out. They just lost. So, you know, I'm like um, a little bummed out because I was hoping for a Cubs White Sox <laughs> um, World Series. You know, so Tito, you know, find me some tissue. That's my alert for this this uh, episode. Um, we'll get to that in a minute as far as my alert. But anyway, this whole thing of I'm hoping that we're finding ways to support and find wellness within ourselves. Um, you know, we got this crazy pandemic again. We got racial reckonings happening, climate changes, uh, continued lack of leadership that we see. Uh, on top of whatever personal anxieties and challenges you're going through, um, man, you know, um, again, what are you doing to support you? And I hope that you're even finding ways to get in that balance. I hope that you're even taking time for yourself, unplugging, breaking out of the matrix, all those things that we've talked about, and I'm not going to get into those tonight, maybe. I don't know. I'm, Dad, I'm feeling a thousand words. I don't know. I'm I don't know the it's cranking up here. <laughs> but um so Oshan and um we're looking into a different kind of spirituality, a different kind of support, if you will, I think. And looking at the African and black diasporic spirituality and support that uh Tradition, if you will, from the um, Yoruba. Uh, might be saying that I should have checked that earlier. Uh, the Yoruba tradition as well. Uh, so, Oshan. So, again, that came up, um, and I'm looking up about Oshan, and um, Oshan is commonly called the river. Um, Orisha, excuse me, uh, called the river Orisha or goddess in the Yoruba religion and is typically associated with water, purity, fertility, love, and uh, sensuality. And she's considered one of the most powerful of all Orishas. And like other gods, she possesses uh, human uh, attributes such as vanity, jealousy, and in spite, very similar to uh, that episode we had a few weeks back entitled Sexmet, when we were talking about the dualities, um, the duality of life. Um, that's deep. Right? <laughs> Sometimes I look back at these episodes and these titles, I'm like, man, that's deep. Um, so I, I just wanted to, and I know that there are people that are a lot more knowledgeable uh, on these traditions and these practices, um, um, but I just wanted to acknowledge, um, I just wanted to acknowledge this deity, and I'm going to be looking more and studying more into um, the, the, um, how do you, the teachings, yeah, the teachings, excuse me, of uh, Orisha. Um, and uh, so that was just the intro for tonight. So I, I, I kind of got off topic here. I kind of lost my way for a second because I'm kind of changing it up. So, again, normally in the intro we have the welcome. You know, we talk about what's happening today. I ask you some questions, get you ready for the day, and then we introduce the deity. But I wanted to do that now just to kind of move things along a little 
not faster, but in a little better way to transition to bringing my dad in. And like I said, I'm I'm a little excited and I'm I'm feeling better. I'm going through my disappointments and my guys losing this afternoon. Uh, I was having some some uh, personal issues with some things. Um, I don't want to get into all that, but Dad knows what I'm talking about. I hope I don't know. He might even call me out later on. You just never know when he and I get on the air at the same time, but that's what we do here. That's what makes it so much fun. So, again, if you guys know of a father and son team, let me know and we'll check them out. But I do want to just follow up on some things I talked about last week. I wanted to share this with you. If you all already knew this, then cool. But I had posed a question last week. Um, They were talking about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and she was the first woman to lie in state at the Capitol, right? And uh, if you all remember, maybe even seen some of my posts that I was like, well, I thought Rosa Parks was the first person to lie in state. And I don't know if anybody really checked it out. I didn't get any feedback. I didn't get any comments. There were a couple of people that commented on, like, um, you know, I was on uh, the CNN and the other um, sites, lives, you know, um, more syndicated stuff, and people were responding to the questions I had there. So I don't know if you all who are listening saw these posts and these questions that I made, but I'm like, you know, so I thought Rosa Parks was the first woman to lie in state. And I purposely looked that stuff up before last week's show just to make sure I knew what I was talking about. So there were websites, I'm telling you guys, there were websites that had it stated that Rosa Parks was the first woman to lie in state um, and the, the second black person, first black woman alone, you know. But anyway. Maybe I'm tripping. I don't know. It's a new world order. Um, maybe I thought I saw something and I didn't see it. But there is a difference between Rosa Parks and Ruth Bader Ginsburg. For those that do not know, there is not only a lie in state, but there is also lie in honor. Lie in state are for those government officials, military officers, people who pass away. Lie in honor are for uh, citizens. So since Rosa Parks was not a government official, she lied in honor. So that was the difference between the two. But I'm telling y'all, <laughs> I saw some articles that said lie in state, and nobody offered any retraction um, to that, which, uh, you know, I think is a little disappointing. They're like, hey, let's just change this. Nobody will notice. I mean, maybe it's a small thing, but I don't know. Nowadays, it just seems like small things are big, you know, big deals. The samurai saying, the samurai saying, they talked about how you take care of big, you know, small things first. Big things take care of themselves. You all may even hear about that in different ways that you handle problem solving. But um, so anyway, that was last week. So that was um, what was up with that. So I did follow up with it just to let you all know, holding myself accountable. Um, also, we I, I pleaded and asked about those challenges, but, you know, again, God bless you. Yeah, I want to keep with those challenges. Okay, cool. That's all right, then, you know, keep up with it. What's up, Kevin22654? Appreciate you. Thanks for listening in. Appreciate you. Um. But, yeah, y'all want to keep with the challenges that cool, but I'm telling you, I don't like it. Um, it's just something fishy. 
it's just too much personal information that you're giving out but don't even realize you're giving out. Um, one of my guys went, he's going furniture shopping today, right? He went furniture shopping today. Didn't post nothing on Facebook, didn't do nothing on social media, nothing like that. He went, he went to a furniture store, not asking about it, not typing in Google searches. He went to a store, just went. Gets back home, and now he's getting advertisement pages on social media. You know, I mean, all you got to do, you know, your your um, locator is on, right? We see it all the time. We see it in the movies. I mean, come on. And I guess that's why I was kind of on this whole uh, thing too tonight with Oshun and looking at uh, Orishas um, and and the whole thing behind that. Um, and I really wish that I had spent a little bit more time researching, um, but it's like, you know, you start reading something and it gets good and all of a sudden like two hours go by. <laughs> and for me, it was like two and a half, three hours because I had some of the personal things that I was dealing with. But um, just the flow of it and, and looking at the deities that we selected in the past and then Anasi last week and looking at Oshan. Um, yeah, um, I, I really lost my train of thought on that one. <laughs> it's crazy out here, you know. Um, it is what it is, right? That's what they say. I'm telling you, I want to keep with them challenges. That's cool. Like, I think that that's that uh, that was a high box right there. That was a big box. My bad. I did not even mean to pull that out. It's just funny seeing it. <laughs> so anyway, uh, last month, in the month of September, last month was a Suicide Awareness and Prevention Month, um, and we did make some comments and, and posted some uh, things to watch for, uh, but again, because we want to make sure that everybody's taking care of themselves. And hopefully we can do what we can to help other people, right? So that was last week. This month, there's a lot of things that's happening in October. Uh, October is Down Syndrome Awareness, uh, Healthy Lungs Month, um, Liver aware Awareness, which is ways to uh, increase your liver health, uh, which is very important. Um, also, oh, oh, uh, SID, Sudden Infant Death. Um, syndrome, that's uh, SIDS awareness is also this month, but also this month is breast cancer awareness and next week is uh, is a week of mental Ill illness awareness so from the 4th to the 10th is mental illness awareness I don't know why I can't say that tonight mental illness awareness but yeah this is uh, breast cancer awareness so you're probably, for those of you that watch the NFL, I guess that the players would be wearing their pink to support breast cancer awareness. Um, please get tested early, and this is a salute to women out there, um, the courage of women, you know, what you battling breast cancer if you have it. Um, so uh, also, October, and talking about the courage of women, uh, also October, and it's not really talked about a lot, is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. 
uh, one of the reasons I don't really watch the NFL is because they've never really acknowledged domestic violence awareness. To me, I think that that's kind of like um, America acknowledging racism and, and, and slavery and the impact of American history. You know, they can't do both. Uh, and, and my dad will definitely probably go in on that later on tonight. Um, but I've never been happy with how the NFL acknowledged domestic violence. Um, you know, they have those physical ailments that happen to players. Um, and I don't remember the correct term right now, but you all know about it. We've heard about it. We've talked about it before in other shows. Um, you know, back with that Ray Rice incident. And that's really what turned me off the whole thing with Ray Rice. If you all don't know about that, go back and look at that. But that's my own personal thing with the NFL. But this is Domestic Violence Awareness Month as well. You know, domestic violence was already here before COVID even kicked off back in March. But, you know, um, because of where we are with COVID and a lot of us are home now, there's, you know, domestic violence numbers have increased, you know, tremendous spikes in incidents of abuse. You know, a lot of lockdown restrictions, even though a lot of them are lifted, you know, there's some things that, that we, I don't think we've acknowledged during these times of COVID. You know, I always like to talk about and like to pose to you all the question of what you're doing to adapting, what are you doing to, again, make that better you uh, through COVID. But um, as this is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, you will see um, a lot of postings, a lot of things, uh, getting this out on the Greenhouse Effect uh, social media network pages. So, again, that's, that's what's up this month. Um, in the month of October. Um, and we, since we're talking about COVID, um, let's keep it consistent here. As you all know, we just recently passed a uh, milestone. It's not really, you know, usually milestones to me are like something that you, you celebrate, that you're happy about, you know, uh, that it's 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 something, well, you know, something joyful. But we passed a milestone where it has been notated that worldwide we are past a million deaths uh, related to COVID nineteen. So right now, where we where are we currently? Right now, currently, uh, you know, worldwide we're at just over thirty four million cases, but with 23.7 million recovered. Again, 34 million cases where people are diagnosed with COVID, but out of that 34 million, 23.7 million have recovered. But that is a 2 million increase from last week, and the week before that, it was a 2 million increase. So it looks like there's consistency <laughs> as far as the number is concerned. Yeah, every week there's two million people that catch it. Um, the deaths, I don't, I didn't look that up, but um, we don't really talk about how many people have recovered. 
So we've acknowledged that there have been a million people who have died, but let's also look at how many people have recovered, right? So out of 34 million people, 1 million have died, but 23, almost 24 have recovered. In the United States, uh, 7.3 million have been diagnosed, um, which is about a, like a um, three-tenths of an increase from last week. Uh, three-tenths of a million, or point three, point three million. Um, and the week before that, there was half a million increase. So the numbers have gone down this week as compared to last week. So I guess that's a good thing here in the United States. Um, I mean, it's good that the numbers go down. Hopefully they continue to go down. Hopefully you all are still taking care of yourself. Um you may feel silly wearing the mask, but I'm telling you, I think it's just better not for you, but for the other person. If you don't care about the other person, don't come around me because obviously you're not wearing the mask. <laughs> Very easy. You know what I'm saying? We've been washing our hands since we were kids. Uh, don't act like y'all don't know how to wash your hands. Um, man, you know, if you're not feeling good, stay at home. But we got to take care of each other. That's what we keep talking about. Uh, it's rainy here in Chicago. It's only it's really sad because my boys lost, the White Sox lost, and it's rainy here. It's really strange, and I don't know, you know, how the weather is where you are um, outside of Chicago. But it's been really strange that I've seen a lot of double rainbows. I don't remember seeing double rainbows. Like, this dude is tripping. <laughs> I'm not tripping. I'm I'm feeling good. I, I haven't had any hallucinogens or anything like that. I actually got some good mineral water here. But it's just really strange. Again, maybe it's just, you know, just me tripping, just me being well. Uh, but I've seen a lot of double rainbows. It's been really strange. Um, so I don't know. Have you all seen that too? Am I just tripping? You know, again, just being observant, if you will. Um What's going on? Going on around us, even if it is double rainbows. And I think I thought that I read that Rosa Parks was the first person in Lion State at the Capitol. <laughs> so, you know, we saw the debate. Um, you know, remember, you know, oh, oh, you know. So we saw the debate. Right, early voting has already started. Uh, I hope everybody completed the census. Um, don't forget that voting in November is not just about the White House. And I understand a lot of people talk about not voting. I get that. But there's more than just these two cats that's trying to be up on Pennsylvania Avenue, right? There's judges. What's on your local ballot, man? Do you all, have you all looked at what's up in your local ballot, wherever you're listening from? Who are the judges? Who are the lawmakers? Who are the influencers? Who are the enforcers? We probably can't do too much as far as what's happening in the White House, but I'm sure locally we can still make some changes. This is no change is going to happen overnight. We know that. We know that. But we can still chop that tree down. So, yeah, it's not just about those cats. I want to call them both clowns, actually, but, you know, Joe was pretty cool. Everybody's like, yeah, it's like a prize fight. I don't know. 
down. If it was like a, a fight for real, uh, uh, Trump would pull some WWE stuff. And <laughs> nowhere, you know, kick his knee out from under him or something. Sweep the knee like in Cobra Kai. Uh, karate Kid. <laughs> so, let me stop up tripping. So, um, in a moment, uh, we're going to take a break. Um, and when we do take a break, when we come back from break, uh, we're going to bring in my dad, Bill Green. Um, for those that are listening online, the chat room is open. Um, if you are listening online and you do want to call in, uh, our number here is 516-453-6094, 516-453-6094. You can find The Greenhouse Effect on Facebook, Will The Greenhouse Effect, see Instagram, Twitter, and again, the website. Uh, coming soon. Coming soon. Um. And I know, like I said, we'll get into the debate probably. Um, I know you all have been talking about well, he's not denouncing white supremacy and he told these dudes to uh, stand stand back or stand down or something like that. So, um, you know, what is it, Proud Boys and uh, what's these other guys? Uh, and Antifa? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's like what's what's these guys' names? Antifa. That sounds you know, that that sounds really ethnic. <laughs> Antifa. Um these alt right wingers and alt left wingers, these paramilitary people. But again, the Native Americans say right wing, left wing, it's all the same bird. You know. They're all the same bird to me. So get out there and vote November if you haven't already cast your early ballots, man. Again, remember, the only necessity for evil to win is for good people to do what? Nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. So we're going to take a quick break. Uh, Give me about about a minute, 30 minutes here. And when we come back from break, we'll uh, bring my dad on in and We'll get some uh, perspectives here, a black perspective view of the news, and just some time for he and I just to chew some things up, and hopefully you all will enjoy it. Again, the chat room is open as well if you want to chime in um, that way. So, yeah, we'll be back in about a minute and 30. This is the Greenhouse Effect Radio Show.
Hey, sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. Um, had you dead air for a second. Sorry about that. So, again, welcome back. Um, so, again, tonight uh, we're bringing my dad back in uh, as uh, our co-host here on Thursday nights on the Greenhouse Effect. Previously, he used to come in uh, certain uh, weeks um, in the month, and we had discussions um, related to wellness, um, treatment, kind of similar to like Wednesday, but regardless. Uh, so uh, we're, we're trying something new tonight uh, and, 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 and working our magic on Thursdays. <laughs> so, again, I'm just going to go ahead and, uh, again, bring my dad back in, my best friend, the Rose Shaman, uh, author of Dysfunctional by Design, and a couple other books you may have known about. What's up, going on, Daddy-o? Hey, what's up, Wilfredo? <laughs> Hey, hey, y'all y'all know y'all know by now that ain't his name, right? He's not real Fredo. You know, that's just what I call him. But you can call him that too if you want. What's happening, man? Man. Uh, welcome to Thursday. <laughs> well, it's not like I ain't been here before. <laughs> you know, but yeah. um but I feel you. Yeah, it it's uh it's 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 the same and it's different. You know, and um I think that's that's the beauty of it. You know, it's the same and it's different. You know, um, I, I do want to make a slight correction. It's not called a black's view perspective. It's a black's view of the news, y'all. That's what it is. It's a black's view of the news. Take that perspective business out of the title, you know, because the perspective will come from the view. Um, but you may wonder, how come you just couldn't say a black view of the news? Well, because that's that means, you know, I'm speaking for black people. No, I'm just giving one black dude's point of view. <laughs> Everything I'll be talking about is one black dude's point of view. So maybe I should have said a black dude's point of view, huh? What do you think, Will? Is that a better way to put it? I, I like I like the way you had it up you originally had it already. I mean, yeah, me too. I just thought I'd say that. They know it's me and you, so, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, if you yeah. say black dudes, you know, then we're going to be shunning out our women out there. So, yeah, it's just a black view of the news, period. Yeah, it's my view. <laughs> it's what it comes down to is this one black man's view of the news. That's what it is. And and so I'm just going to be speaking from a place of my own rhetoric. I'm going to be speaking from a place of my own energy, my own perspective, and in some cases my own anger, my own frustration, my own disappointment, my own pain, you know, my own celebration, but it's going to be mine. It's going to, you know, when I came home from the service in the 60s when things were kind of shifting, you know, in, in our society, not too unlike it is right now, I'm very much like it is right now, um, the angles were a little different. The focus was a little bit more inclusive. Um, what I mean by that, we had, so many different movements happening at the same time. You know, even within the even within the black culture, we had several different movements. We had Chorus, Nick, um, the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. We had the Black Panther Party. We had um, Elijah Muhammad and the Muslims, you know, which, you know, media gave the name black Muslims and it kind of stuck, you know. Um, we had, and I'm, I'm forgetting one or two others, but that was just within the... Um, uh, the black culture was so many. And then, of course, 
we had, you know, the the, the major stalwarts like um, Malcolm X and Martin Luther King Jr. Um, of course, we had Maker Everett, and then we had a plethora of names that people would recognize and maybe in some ways associate with, with the various parties, you know, Stokely Carmichael, H. Rap Brown, you know, and he's misquoted in saying Amer- violence is American as apple pie. No, actually, he said violence is as American as cherry pie, you know, but <laughs> apple pie sounded better. And that's, of course, yeah, that's what the media put out. And that's what we sang to um, John Lewis was, you know, a budding 23-year-old leader, you know, of a, of a movement that included a, a, a Supreme Court justice by the name of Thurgood Marshall, and um, that he and himself is a story within a story. We could do a whole two-hour show on Thurgood Marshall and still not yeah. come close to um, highlighting, not come close to really putting a, a, a thorough focus on the value of this input. But, you know, what I would hope to do one day, one show maybe, is talk about Vernon Johns, you know, and I would expect that, I would suspect that most people have no idea who I'm talking about by mentioning that name, but that's okay because I'm sure there's a lot of people in our hundreds and thousands of listening audiences out there who would also have names (laughs) of certain people that nobody ever heard of, you know. And so that's, you know, it's not like, me throwing a name out and saying, yeah, see, I know more than you do. No, it's just that I happened to use a name that I became aware of when serendipitously I was, you know, uh, learning about Martin Luther King Jr. That's how I happened to stumble upon um, Vernon Johns. And um, that story in itself, you know, is an amazing story. But, you know, we could go on and on on with this. So when I when I talk about a black's view of the news, when I came home in the '60s, there were so many things that were going on. Um, I came home from the service in 1966, and um, there were the themes of, of 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 civil rights, civil disturbances. There was the Democratic Convention that, that had gone haywire. You know, uh, King had been assassinated. Um, I went into the service right after Kennedy had been assassinated. You know, um, there were so many different themes that were happening. You know, women's rights, the the National Organization of Women, you know, there there was the student, you know, SNCC, the students, um, 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 which escapes me what SNCC stood for, (laughs) but, you know, uh, the Students for Nonviolent Committee or something like that. Um, anyway, I'm sure there's those out there who are ready to correct me on that one. But the point <laughs> being, you know, that, um, you know, there's so many different things associated with so many different names that represented so many different ideas and ideals that were all happening at the same time. You know, and, and, and of course, the real value of that was everybody had a voice, and there was absolutely no one who wasn't on the front lines in the 60s. It didn't matter what our stance was, violence, nonviolence, you know, anti-Muslim, anti-Catholic, anti-religion, anti-women, anti-men, anti-gay, anti-black. You know, in the 60s, the theme was, which is incredible, you know, think 60 years later, it's hard to believe that the theme in the 60s was two things. You know, better dead than red, was a theme of the 60s in America, love it or leave it, you know, and it's so ironic that 
within my lifetime, those things have been replaced by, you know, um, this stuff that's being served up right now. That is so contraindicated. I mean, it, it's just, it's an amazing aspect of Americanization that has so excluded um, people of color and in so many cases, you know, women, you know, so that pretty mm-hmm. much leaves white dudes, you know, and, and the themes of American society as it's been for the last 60 years seems to revolve around, you know, the issues of American white men, you know, what they're going through and us having right. to deal with what they're going through as this democratic society is supposed to be, is supposed to be about democracy, <laughs> you know? So it's like, you know, it, 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 in the 70s and the 80s with all the affirmative action level in the playing field, you know, you could almost kind of feel, you know, the pressure that white dudes were under. They were having to give up so much that they had been used to having for the benefit of all without their approval, just having stuff snatched from them. And it's almost like this guy who has come along now, who I call the great pumpkin, you know, because of his <laughs> orange, you know, hue, <laughs> you know, and, and his, and his ra- rather curved shape, you know, that, that you know, it, it, anyway, you know, it, it, it's like all, it's almost, it's been, it's almost like, it's like these these dudes are going through some post-traumatic stress of their own. And this anger, you know, is so symbolic of post-traumatic stress. It's just unbridled anger and rage that, you know, it's interesting to watch how white people were trying to deal with this white post-traumatic stress that is just being um, thrown at, you know, um, our civilization as we know it and just splattering any and everybody with no explanation, with no rhyme or reason. It, you know, it's, it's all about a, a shifting ideal of, of mismanaged power that has somehow convinced everybody who is pro great pumpkin that somehow it's going to restore America to the democracy it always stood for. And in some ways that's correct. Because the America that we that that we're experiencing today from that theme, you know, of make America great again, you know, has so much to do with what the founding fathers were about, which wasn't about um, MAGA. It was about MAG. You know, make America great. You know, and really, to make America great again is so much to do with that theme of the founding fathers that had to do with making America great, you know, and, and how the abuse of the Bill of Rights even, you know, something written, you know, um, at a time when there were no, when the assault rifle of the day was something that it took you 15 minutes to load, you know, and, and, and somehow that's translated into these amazing assault rifles that are used to hunt deer. I don't think so. But somehow we've just completely compromised any sense of understanding of a value system that had something to do with democracy. I'll never, to my, to my grave, understand how in America we can justify using the word minority in a democratic society when we're talking about Americans. 
you know, how can you be a minority American? I mean, in a democratic society, how is that possible? Right away, that's hypocritical. You know, I'm either an American or I'm not. You know, um, how can I be a, 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 a lesser part of that? You know, I'm either, you know, like, let's take minority out of the word whenever we're talking about what's going on in America. You know, it's like using, you know, coronavirus. If we take, you know, people of color or minorities or even, you know, black out of the word, if we just talk about who's being affected, what Americans are being affected the most, you know, then we're just going to look at that type of American without color that's being affected. Oh, the American that, that is, you know, living in a socioeconomically impoverished community. Oh, the American that doesn't have good health care coverage. Oh, the American that that is on the outer realm of the middle class. Oh, you know, it, it would suddenly just be one picture and not these pieces of a picture that allows some people, you know, of what we call the privileged class to just kind of take a, oh, I feel so sorry for them. You know, I, I think if we could feel so sorry for each other, then that in itself would um, even the playing field in, in such a more rapid and, and so much more of a fair pace. So anyway, you know, I came home in the 60s. Um, so much was happening at the time. And, I, you know, and, and I was turned on the TV just trying to get tuned back into what it was like to be back, you know, be back on, you know, on, on fertile ground, you know, be back, you know, be back, you know, amongst my peeps. And I was checking out this um, TV show. Oh, I was checking out, you know, you didn't have channel surfing back then. Channel surfing was getting up and turning the channel selector. <laughs> and right. you only had about five or six to turn to, you know. And so that was pretty much it, you know. And it was always the youngest person that was the remote. <laughs> it's like, get you know, Billy, get up and turn on channel five. You know? <laughs> you know? Fix the antenna. Yeah. Yeah, fix, hold the antenna. Put one leg right. up in the air, you know. Yeah, whatever the case may be. What did we do with that dog on tinfoil? You know, there wasn't an, there wasn't an antenna in, Amer- in black America's homes that didn't have tinfoil attached to the, to the antenna. <laughs> Somebody had convinced us that would get better reception. But anyway. Better reception. So I'm, I'm, better reception. Yep. Yeah. So I'm looking at <laughs> the TV guide. We actually had TV guides then. We didn't have these things that are on, on your big screen TV that you just flip up and you get to just, you know, peruse the channels by moving the remote up and down. You know, you had to read this book. And in reading this TV guide, it not only told you the shows that were on, the new shows that were coming on, the shows that were being canceled, it told you about, you actually had to read to learn what was going on. And, um, and I read this one thing, it was on WCIU, I think was the name of the station in Chicago, Channel 26. And it said, a black's view of the news, but it didn't have an apostrophe. It, matter of fact, it didn't say black. It said, a black view of the news. And I thought, wow, we've really evolved. We got our own news station. I mean, I was geeked. I I turned that bad boy on. I was ready to kick kick back and see who the um, black version of Walter Jacobson was. You know, who was the black? Mm. You know, um, um, Walter Cronkite. You know, I was ready to. You know, um, um, Huntley and Brinkley. Who were the black versions of them? You know, and it was black folks. 
But what they were doing was reading the same news that was being read on Channel 2, 5, 7, 9. It was the same news just coming out of black mouths. And I thought, that's not a black view of the news. You know, that's the news being spoken by black people. But it never mm-hmm. left my thoughts. You know, I always wondered, and still do, what it would be like, you know, to have a major news station, you know, a cable station even, you know, that um, was black run, you know, that spoke from a perspective of, of black ideology, that black perspective, black reaction and response. You know, can you imagine, well, you know, uh, I, I like to imagine what it would be like to hear a black poll being taken on Biden and Trump, you know, black men, black educated men, black non-college men, and what they think of Trump and, 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 and Biden, you know, black women, same thing, you know, black, but we would change it a little bit, you know, it would be, you know, it wouldn't be black men educated now, it would be black men educated in the street, <laughs> you know, black men educated, you know, in, in, in the historically black colleges, black men educated in the community college, that kind of division, you know, black women educated in the church, you know, black women educated in the home, raised, you know, by moms, you know, black women, you know, who became their own career orientation and, and their own entrepreneur, you know, the things that we deal that we've dealt with over the course of the last 60 years that has defined us within our own community, not, you know, by the, by the outer, you know, by the outer regions that we have to always compete with just to um, clarify who we are. Instead, us giving our perspectives of all these folks, you know, um, who are running for office, what it means to us, what it doesn't mean to us. You know, what voting yeah. does mean to us, what voting doesn't mean to us. You know, why we don't vote in, in the primaries and, 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 you know, why we do vote in, in, the, um, in, the, um, in, the, in the big arenas. You know, what, what does it mean? Either, what do we know about judges on the ballot? As a matter of fact, a black news show that dedicates itself to it, telling us who the, black, who the judges are that are running for office, right. black, white, it doesn't yep. matter. What their records are, mm-hmm. you know, what their records are as it has impacted on, you know, on, on dip, doling out um, um, punishment, you know, um, um, to, to black um, men and women as opposed to white men and women. Is, is their ratio of, of punishment equal or, or do we see some disparities, you know? And then even talking about things like police brutality, you know, where – where do we have our biggest issues of, of crime? You know, and I mean, this is what I've, I envision a black news show talking about. You know, I am so tired of black folks being, oh, yeah, by the way. I am so tired of us being the asterisk, you know, that, that, that is only talked about after everything else has been covered. You and I talked in the early stages of this COVID thing back in March, you know, up when, when the statistics were first rolling in. And I asked you back then, I wonder what the statistics would be in Inglewood on the south side of Chicago. You know, what, what, what means of communication do folks in the hood even have to even know that this thing is out here and what's its effect? You know, what means of health care are even out there that people can go to even if they don't have coverage just to be tested? Who is educating them? How many have died, you know, with coronavirus that have never been 
you know, um, identify, you know, in, in, in the black community. See, you know, but talking about it as the focus and not, you know, the um, asterisk, not the parenthesis, not the sidebar. You know, I, I watched this guy, Steve Kornacki, who does all of what he does about the elections and the way he breaks it down about, you know, and it's like, yeah, okay, Steve, that's cool. You know, and I love how y'all, you know, like, like to prop up Trump as if, you know, there's still this theme of comp- competition going on that somehow suggests that the 44% of the people who are following him no matter what are going to be enough to push him over. And that, and that may be the case. But what does that mean to black folks? What does it mean? What does it mean uh, for black folks if Trump or Biden wins? What does it mean? What do we see as being the difference? Or do we even see a difference? I know, you know, that, that you know, a lot of black folk don't like Trump. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's kind of, you know, it's almost like a duh, you know, uh, and, 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 and the reasons, you know, why are the ones the, of what comes out of his mouth. But yet and still, you know, what comes out of his mouth toward black folk isn't nearly as, as all-consuming as what comes out of his mouth toward non-Republican white folk. So, of course, you know, all of what they're talking about is their reactions to this, this, this dude, you know, um, like MSNBC is talking about from a liberal point of view, you know, the same things from a, from a, 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 a moral right point of view that's being talked about on Fox. Everybody on Fox is lined up talking about the same thing. Everybody on MSNBC is lined up talking about the same thing. So the polarities are there. But none of them are talking about the black thing. None of them. You know, you ain't going to hear Fox talk about, well, you know, these black folk, you know, they really got some issues. <laughs> you know, what you're going to – instead, you know, what you're going to hear, you know, is, is you know, when, when something – um, like what happened to, to George Floyd, you know, hits the media and how it splashes into black-on-black crime, you know. But what you're not going to hear from Fox is talking about, well, you know, black crime is not too different than the type of crime we endured back in the 20s and the early 30s with prohibition. You know, we, we, you know and it's not too different uh, what carried over from the, the trafficking of drugs through the black community in the 50s and on through the 60s and the 70s. It's not too unlike the way black folks have, have still had to deal with, you know, guns being trafficked, trafficked through the black community and drugs, you know, um, along with the fact that in the socioeconomically impoverished community, you're going to find liquor stores on just about every corner, you know, and people allowed to roam the streets drunk, you know, and, 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 and fast food joints and, and currency exchanges that, charge un, un, unbelievable rates of interest and banks that don't serve the black community by teaching black folks anything about the money market. You ain't going to hear none of that talked about on Fox. You're going to hear Fox talk about black folks who have issues as if we have the same opportunities, the same structured values, the same flow of direction of privilege as our white counterparts, as our white male counterparts, if we're black males. And, of course, you know, MSNBC would jump on the bandwagon of talking about how, you know, that's so much of a theme of white privilege, blah, 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 but still not really identifying from a liberal point of view 
black issues. Yeah, black folks got issues. But who created them? No, who created the issues that black folks have? Well, our founding fathers did. You know, I mean, it's not, it's not, a, it, 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 it's not a real puzzle. You know, whatever issues that we have, you know, they developed from the foundation of this country that was being stolen from the people who, you know, originally inhabited it. But we don't talk about none of that stuff. We don't talk about how, you know, we talk about how, you know, how the immigrants of, of the boundaries between Mexico and the United States and how terrible was it that children were snatched from their parents. But we don't talk about how, what impact that had on, on those native to this country, Native American Indians, yeah. indigenous people. You know, we don't talk about what it was like for them to have, you know, the same things happen. You know, we, we somehow that just never we translate everything into current events and we never translate it into the history of racism and violence in this country. This is not new things, but what is frightening is that these are current events, even when we talk about the history of America as we know it. We're only talking about a few hundred years. When you compare other countries and other cultures, to this America that was founded by our founding fathers, man, we're just a, a fart in the wind compared, you know, to the history of so many other um, forms of government and so many other cultures and so many other countries. And maybe this is the land of milk and honey, but see, only for the chosen few, you know. Yeah. But the chosen few, you know, the chosen few, you know, they're the ones that are so responsible for this, you know, this, this crabs in the bucket mentality that all the rest of us endure. You know, so this idea of a, of a black view of the news or this black brother's view of the news is just to give a voice to the many things that are going on constantly. It's not like, you know, like um, just point out one thing and then there's nothing else that comes along for another 20 years. You know, these things are happening in 20 seconds and heartbeats and in a, in a moment's yeah. notice, but we don't we because we don't have a major news outlet. It's not something we're being served twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. You know, I can listen to MSNBC, and I have, you know, all day long. And all day long, I'm gonna hear about, let's say, coronavirus. You know, all day long, everybody who comes on in every hour are going to talk in some way or another about their perspective of the same thing, or. The, the, you mentioned the debate the other night. You know, I, mm -hmm. I guess it was a debate. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I, I, yeah, I you know, I, I, I watched what I watched, and it was a debacle. It, it, it wasn't anything. You know that, 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 re, that would justify the dignity of debate. You know, even though debates in themselves are a big joke when it comes to, you know, the presidency. You know, there's nothing said on a debate that a, that, that a president's feet have been placed to the fire about having, you know, to perform. And I think about, you know, uh, my man, Barack Obama, and, you know, like, it, it, people, you know, man, people think somehow Obama's first debate with Mitt Romney, you know, uh, was, a, was a disaster or he didn't do well, you know, Again, this is my point of view. I watched my man, and I have listened to my man, and I have observed my man back when he first introduced um, 
um, um, what was that cat's name? Muskie, you know, uh-huh. and um, was that his name? You know, whoever that cat was. That, that No, not Muskie. What was his name? Carrie. When Carrie was running for, for um, president. And when that was when I first, when I called you and I said, man, who is this cat back in Illinois? Who is this Obama dude? Man, I listened to that cat and I thought, man, that, that, that is a dude who is my idea of articulation in, in, in poetry. But anyway, yeah. when I watched that, I said, man, Obama ain't doing nothing but setting this cat up. <laughs> you know, he just, he played him, man. He played him, he played the media, and he played everybody else unaware that he was in full control of just laying back and just putting it out there. He created his own low bar. You know, so when he stepped out the next time, everybody just, yeah, that's the Obama we're waiting to hear. Yeah, that's the Obama we know. Yeah, look how he slammed him. If he had started out slamming that dude like that, man, it, 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 you know, all of a sudden everybody would have felt sorry for Romney. Oh, man, mm-hmm. Obama knew exactly what he was doing. But we're not allowed to think like that. Because the media would rather say, no, you know, he um, choked. No, he bombed. No, he, you know, we we can't believe that a black man could set us up like that. Well, he did. You know, um, one of the small little indicators of a skill that, you know, that, that this, these, these folks don't know anything about, man. It, it, they, they have no idea what it takes for a person with a name like that raised by a white mother, Kenyan father, you know, uh, were born in Hawaii, you mm-hmm. know, and, and you know, single parent, you know, um, he winds up not just in Harvard, but he winds up, what, uh, getting a degree in, in constitutional law. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's not looking at the results. It's a matter of wondering what kind of imagination could a person have to achieve that? Because you ain't going to achieve it without an imagination to believe it. You know, you got to imagine it before you can even begin to approach it. Our realities are born from our imagination. So somewhere in Obama, his reality born from that imagination conceived of the idea of doing the things he did. You know, and, and how in the world can people even begin? We, well, we can't. So we'd rather just read the cliff notes to understand how an Obama could, could come to be, you know, and, and um, realizing in the course of action in that regard that America in itself has yet to figure out, you know, um, who black people are, you know, and we have yet to figure out it's not our, it's not our job to teach them. You know, we, 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 we still have performance anxiety. We still think there's some measure you know, uh, that we have to, you know, live up to in order to be um, approved of, you know, outside of the context of our own. And I think that's why we compete so hard with each other, because we're competing just to be recognized by, you know, that which controls, you know, the face of our society. And that face ain't black. And you, you, said, so, you said performance, you said performance anxiety? Yeah, performance anxiety, you know. Which has more to do with, you know, um, failing at an audition, you know, than um, deserving the role, you know. So it, it, it's like I have to, it's almost schizophrenic. I have to be your idea of who I am in order for me to even be judged fairly. 
because I know you mm. could never judge me fairly if I presented my view of who I, who I am. So I already mm. know the two views. I already know your view and my view, and I already know that I cannot give you my view. I have to give you yours, and the whole time deny my own to myself. That's a, that's a functional schizophrenic black man in American society right there. It's not like I don't have a conscious awareness of who I am. That has nothing to do with it. I have more of a conscious awareness of the who I am that I have to be in order to gain your approval. And the whole time having to keep, compete with others who are going through the same thing. We don't ever show up at the audition. Who shows up is your idea of who we are at the audition. And then we still have to pass that. Yeah, performance anxiety. Hoping that your idea of who I am comes across well enough for you to give me the job. You know, in the yeah. meantime, knowing that I'll never be able to be who I am. You know, there's a movie that came out in 1950. It's called No Way Out. You know, and I watched it for the second time a couple nights ago. But I can't even remember. The, no, 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 no. That, that, <laughs> no. This was you made in 1950. Yeah, no, it's earlier. not even the earlier one. This is just the same movie. I mean, the same title, but totally different movie. But it was made in 1950. I'm going to get there. Give me a minute. You know, i got to use a thousand words. You know, that. You know? <laughs> and, But, you know, you're right. A hundred would do. But, yeah, I ain't how I do it. You know, um, this, um, uh, two movies with the same title, but so completely different. And now I can't remember where I was going with this. But anyway, um, an example of this functional schizophrenia, I watched this movie, No Way Out, a couple of nights ago, made in 1950. I know I saw it before, but I think I saw it back in my using days. You know? So I'm sure I had a completely different perspective. Of it. And in case y'all don't know what I mean by my using days, I'm talking about when I was out there drinking and hitting it. You know, so I had a completely different idea of this movie, I think, when I saw it the first time. But I watched it a couple of nights ago, and I was just blown away. Made in 1950, No Way Out, Sidney Portier. 22 years old, and he got, you know, one of the lead roles in the film, his first starring role. 1950, he was 22 years old. I was three when he was 22. But nevertheless, he's, he's portraying this doctor. And the whole time through the movie, I was just blown away by this functional schizophrenia that I'm speaking of. Yeah, he was a doctor, you know, and nobody could believe that this dude was a doctor. You know, every time he would show up in a scene, you know, the folks would be like, oh, he, he can't be a doctor. And, you know, what was really a trip, Richard Whitmark was one of the co-stars. And Richard Whitmark, he's played some vicious dudes in his career. I mean, he's played some cool dudes, but he, he's played some vicious dudes. But that I'd never seen him in such a vicious role. I mean, let me tell you, 1950, this movie was made, and they threw the word nigger around. They didn't say nigger. They said, nigga, Richard Whitmark, he must have practiced with, with a whole bunch of dudes from the hood because he had his job. He was like, nigga, 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 man. He sounded like Richard Pryor. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm tripping, man. I'm like, this is 1950, you know, and, and through this, you know, Sydney, being Sydney was just weaving and bobbing through the whole thing, you know, being what he knew he had to be in order to be who he knew he was but never could reveal to them the him he knew he was. You know, it was an amazing, man, if you ever get a chance, check it out, man. And it ain't, the kind, it ain't like a slave movie, you know, and, you know, I hate slave movies. So it ain't the kind of movie where you get, where you, get you know, 
uncontrollably angry because they even had an episode of, of one scene in the movie where these white cats from the from the like the the, the hard side of New York or whatever they were all going to have this race ride because they they heard Sidney Poitier as the doctor had killed this dude's brother you know misdiagnosed him and and whatever the case may be so anyway so they were gathering together they were going to have this race ride they were going to storm the hospital they were going to go kill some black folks but word got around so these brothers, man, these brothers heard what was happening. They all came together, man. They pulled out their chains and their axes and their clubs, man, and, and they raided where these white cats were as they were getting ready to go out to riot. These bros broke broke in and busted them up, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, 19. So everybody in the hospital was white. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, man. 1950, wow. man. You know, yeah, man. Wow. While I'm watching Sydney bob and weave, you know, as only Sydney could through the whole thing, man. So, but it just gave me such a perfect example, you know, of what it means, you know, for a black man, you know, to have to be a white idea of who he is all the time, knowing that isn't who he is, just to be able to get what he has coming to him. You know, man, it's just an amazing thing. So let me back up a little bit, man, and give you a chance to throw something out there, you know, because uh, I'm just getting warmed up. You got anybody in the queue, man, or anything? No, no, I'm sure that a lot of people are, are taking them. I mean, I'm writing down notes, so I know a lot of people are taking notes. I see Ray in the chat. You know, no way out. Love it. Thanks oh, for coming yeah, me on to that. I didn't even know this, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ray checked you it know, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, everybody's taking notes and listening because I'm like, what performance anxiety? And you know, you and I have talked a lot about the the audition, rather be personal yeah. relationships or even business right. relationships yeah. or whatever. There's always the audition audition stage that we all go through when yeah. you know meeting new people, but Right. Performance anxiety. I don't remember yeah, ever, yeah. you know, you and I talking about that. You were like, yeah, give me the job. And I'm immediately thinking about when I go to interviews and then how yeah, I man. just automatically snap into what yeah. I think they want. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of yeah. us do that, you yeah. know. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then have to maintain that. See, it's not something that you get to do once after you get the role and then that's that. No, man. It's, no, it's you got to keep it going. It's an evaluation within an evaluation, man, you know. And I never really understood that evaluation within the evaluation until I got a job in Austin a few years ago um, to, create, um, to create something in a treatment program that never existed. They brought me in to create something, right? You know, and, you know, you know it is, you know. Oh, man, okay. Sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. It looks like um, we lost. Lost my dad for a second, so I'm sure he'll be back in just a minute. So bear with us here, you know. But um, man, <laughs> pretty cool performance anxiety. So um, yeah, that, that's a interesting, um, interesting phrase there. So we'll just take a, a quick break here. We'll give uh, give dad a minute to uh, chime back in. Uh, where are we at? Yeah, we still got plenty of time here. So about a minute or two. Uh, yeah, just give us just a second here And we'll be right back here
All right. 60 seconds and we're back, like I promised. 60 seconds, like I promised, and we're back. That is funny. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I guess I got too cranked up. Huh? I don't know. Yeah, you just had an explosive <laughs> amount of energy that just blew out your headset for a second. <laughs> that damn yeah. audition phase. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. You know, and and then comes the conspiracy theory on top of it. You know, man, we don't stand a chance. <laughs> You know, I oh, I think amongst the thousands that's listening to the show is some other guys yeah. too. Mm, what they talking about? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the you know um, before I get cranked up again, was there something that you know you've been trying that you've been dying to say? <laughs> I'm sorry, man. You got me all fired up. No, no. Just again, just just what you know you were hitting off as far as the audition thing, but. Um, just thinking about the blacks view and and what you're talking about it's um I can't help but to think about those of us that that get caught up in that audition or have that performance anxiety yeah. and we do it and we do it like automatically you know I mean it wasn't until just recently I realized that a lot of things I did in the past was for the approval of other people you know, and I've told people that, and they're like, man, what are you talking about? You don't seem like that dude. You you do this with confidence, and you do that. But there's so many things that I've, you know, but there's so many things I've done because I'm wondering, am I going to meet their approval? You right. know? Um, yeah. So just yeah. looking at this, the black view and uh, not changing the perspective because, uh, and you'll you're correct me again as far as what the perspective means, but you need the view first in order to get the perspective, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, perspective um, comes with the view, not the other way around. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited about this and just kind of, I think if you, if you will, kind of breaking out of this automatic reaction we have um, when we jump into these, audition phases or we go through these performance anxieties and a lot of times we don't even know we're doing it no, from man. a black. Yeah. 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 It, it's, well, it's, it's, a, it's a, it's a, it's a care, it's a careful conditioning. You know, it, 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 the conditioning itself depends on, you know, how careful we are, you know, in, in, in teaching it. So we've learned, we've been conditioned well, you know, it was, it was required in order to survive. You know, we had just through just just through slavery, you know, first of all, we had to be conditioned for slavery. And then through the process of slavery, we had to condition all those who came behind us what it meant to have to be a slave. Think about that. You know, it, it wasn't a random process. You know, we had to teach each other how to be a slave just to stay together. You know, you want to talk about some functional schizophrenia. You know, I mean, man, every time I watch a slave movie, I just can't help but to feel what it must have been like. You know, I don't get the theme of, of, of victory or, you know, of, of fortitude and, and success. You know, all I, all I see is, 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 is pain, you know, and, and, and erasure and disregard and invisibility. All the things that I feel today, you know, it's not like... I feel somehow free, and then I can be entertained by the by the toil of of slaves. No, man. Whenever I watch a slave movie, I feel the slaves. 
I don't feel nothing else, man. I feel the 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 um, the, 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 the 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 incredibly vicious, inhuman, yeah. self-justified destruction, you know, of another child of God. You know, man. You know, I, you know, I, 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 man. You know, that that's where my my reaction to this crap comes from, man. You know, and how yeah. these these slave movies get recycled. You know, it's like let's remind you of of your history. <laughs> you know, so you know, let's let's not just put these movies up here, but let's be sure that they win Academy Awards, so they'll become mm. roles that you will play, and then you will, mm. in fact. Be sure to reflect these roles on the big screen, so all those who admire you, who are black, will will, will relate to these roles, you know, and somehow yeah. start thinking there's something honorable to being a slave. Yeah, man, it's yeah, you know, man. And and watch these movies with your children, and and, and watch them with your children, man. I was watching a movie earlier today, man. I didn't watch the whole thing because it lasts for a day and a half. That's how long the movie is, you know, Gandhi, <laughs> and. You know, and I was thinking about you as 12 years old, man, sitting right on the floor watching that whole movie with me from start to finish, you know, in your at your crib. You know, Gandhi, there was nothing about Gandhi that was entertaining. You know, it was a long, laborious movie with constant dialogue about a time that had come and gone about a dude who was not American. And you sat there and watched the whole thing, man, with me from start to finish. That's what I'm talking about, you know. That's what I'm talking about, a perspective, you know, that I thought at the beginning of the movie was so apropos when the reporter said, when the reporter quoted Einstein, Einstein is saying about Gandhi that the people of the, of the, of, of, of the, people of the history yet to come will read about this man and fail to be able to not only digest the magnitude of his value, but will be as hard-pressed to believe a man like that even walked the earth. You know, that's what I'm talking about, man. You know, when you can watch a movie like that with your son, you know, and, and, and still, even though we may not ever talk about the movie, we talk about the experience of sitting there watching it, and that's just as valuable to me, you know, yeah. because I know yeah. what you was watching, whether you understood it or not. You know, yeah. and that's, you know, that's the deconditioning. You know, that's the deconditioning and the reckoning that, you know, again, with such a, a young culture, I mean, you're talking about the migration of black folks after the emancipation. You're only talking about about 160 years. You know, I mean, man, you know, that, uh, yeah, okay, let's stretch it. Let's say 200, which is, you know, far reaching. Talking about 160 years. That's, that's not much time for people to have gained an understanding of as free people, not as slaves, but as free people, how that transcends itself. You know, we, we, we're still on, we're still being influenced by the ghosts of slavery, you know, mm -hmm. and um, that's, that's gonna, that's gonna have to, you know, that's gonna have to work its way out of our, out of our mindsets, out of our conditionings. But, you know, you said it earlier, you know, as slow as it may be, it is step-by-step, step, nevertheless, progress. You know, step-by-step. Step. Chopping and I don't that know tree. What, chopping that tree, man. And, amen, bro. And I'll tell you something else, man. You know, yeah, we can look through history and kind of dis discount 
how things were and how they came to be. But if we were to just use our imagination, how things were and how they came to be, came to be in the same pace, step by step, you know, step by step. You know, the things that we are used to are the things that didn't exist 160 years ago. But 160 years, those steps, though they may seem slow and gradual, you know, in comparison, it was huge, huge to be where we are today 160 years later. Yeah, where we're supposed to be, sure, we're not there. But where we were, oh, yeah, yeah, we can say, well, but politically, we haven't done the things we did yet, and, and yeah, we can say all that. Yeah, but what we don't understand is that all the things that we have done were the parts that were necessary to begin to lay the foundation of the things that are yet to come. You know, we, we haven't even come close to breaking the surface of the seeds of, of, of freedom. You know, that, that's still a seed, man, that, that's still growing underground. You know, all these things, you know, we could talk about apartheid as a comparison you know, we haven't even really had, you know, our, our revolution yet, you know, um, and, and hope to God we won't have to, you know, but, um, but there's a but, and I'll just stop right there because I don't want to get cut off again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, there's some work. So this is, I mean, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I was just, just adding on what you, what you say. I'm just saying there's some work involved, you know, just cutting the tree. But no, but Absolutely. Yeah, you yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely there's some work involved, you know, and and you know, at some point somebody gotta give up the axe. I get cut off again. Now now what does that mean? Somebody else gotta pick it up and chop. You know, one person, you know, man, one person can only chop for so long. Arms get tired, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, only person can only chop for so long. You know, you get older and the body can't respond. One person can only chop so long. You slow down. You know, so somebody else got to pick up the axe before the other person drops dead. You know, mm-hmm. like you know, pick it up sooner so the first person chopping can enjoy the efforts of his labor. You know, and and that's what we haven't gotten to yet. We haven't gotten to that place of, 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 of growth and accomplishment in such a way that the, the, the trailblazers can pass the baton and still have time to enjoy the, the, the fruits of their labor. We have, we're getting there. We're getting there, but we haven't quite gotten there yet. You know? And maybe your generation will be the one that will fuel the generations behind you, you know, that will allow you the just reward of being able to rest and enjoy the fruits of your labor, you know, and not put you in an old folks home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so anyway, uh, so I'm thinking that somewhere along the course of time um, that this one part of, of the uh, greenhouse effects uh, will include like next week, what I'm, I'm hoping to do is to talk some about the hurricane you know, um, the story of Reuben Hurricane Carter, you know, um, which in itself, his story was right around the same time of the movie that I didn't talk about that I intended to talk about tonight, which was Just Mercy, unless I have a couple minutes to go into that. Where are we with, yeah, um, I was, with this? Uh, we're, we're, we're about 30 minutes. We still got about 30 minutes left. Um, but I know that 
you you mentioned just mercy, and and I wanted to see how that related to uh, what you wanted to talk about tonight. So we we still got a little yeah. time if you can, you know. Yeah, you know, um, like I talked about No Way Out earlier, which I didn't even intend to do, but you know how that's how it goes sometimes, you know. But no, um, yeah. Just Mercy I watched the other night. Um, I had been wanting to watch it. I missed it when it was first released, so I don't remember if the family went to see it or not, but I know if they did, I wasn't here. I was probably, you know, living in, in solitude in, in Austin at the time, but I didn't see it. Um, but I had a chance to watch it um, the other night. And I had a chance to watch it, you know, alone and, and just take it in and, and can make my own commentaries and didn't have to worry about disturbing anybody else watching the movie. And, you know, after watching it, I realized I, need to wa- I needed to watch it again in order just to, for me, capture some of the themes that, you know, the broader themes that sometimes escape, well, I feel escapist, you know, like the movie in itself, um, assuming that everybody but me already saw it, you know, talked about this guy, Walter Johnny D. McMillan, right? But it was so many other, you know, and that's the role that um, uh, Jamie, what's Jamie's last name, the dude who played Django? Jamie Forrest. Jamie Fox, yeah, okay. Right. <laughs> Jamie Farr, that's mad. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's what I always mess up, right? <laughs> yeah. Jamie, yeah, so, you know, and of course, you know, I mean, like, he, he's he's definitely, you know, earned his stripes. He's um, become quite an accomplished actor. But he, that was the main character was Walter um, Johnny D. McMillan, you know. and But, man, you know, so, you know, we could talk about um, – uh, Walter McMillan, and, and, and we could talk about um, his attorney, you know, and um, his attorney was, um, 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 what was that guy's name, Brian Stevenson, you know, and, and, and that was played by Michael B. Jordan. Is that is that right? Yeah. Did I get the middle initial right? Yep. You know, dude yep. was in Black yep. Panther. Yeah, and, and Creed, right? He played Creed, right? Okay, yeah. Correct. I like that brother. I like his roles, man, you know, yeah. but anyway, you know, um, um, so, you know, we could talk about the two main characters being, you know, um, Brian Stevenson and, and Walter McMillan, or we could dig a little deeper and realize, wait a minute, from, you know, from a perspective here of the eighties, this is revealing a, a theme, you know, a theme that has carried forward and no telling from where it came from behind. But here's my first issue. This movie made in twenty in twenty twenty was about a pattern that had developed in the nineteen eighties. So we're talking about what? We're talking about forty years, you know, yeah. forty years just coming to the screen of a time that let's say for you, you know, you're just now seeing when it needed to be known when you were nine. You know, that needed to be what we were saying, but see, when you don't, when, until lions have historians, hunters will always be heroes. So until we're able to tell our own stories, we're going to get the story of someone else, and we won't get the story of ourselves until the impact of the story has long since faded. So if we, if we get this story in the 80s when the story is taking place, now it becomes current events, something that you're seeing on cable TV. But the interesting thing about it, was that the story was taken to 60 minutes. And in the movie, you see Ed Bradley, 
as interviewing this guy, Brian um, Stevenson. And Ed Bradley, you know, now that's a, that was one of my heroes, man. You know, anyway, more or less when he got to the 60 Minutes. But again, it's like this gap of history and not just connect the dots of history that we see continuously through the culture. No, we don't see it continuously. We get these big 40-year gaps. And then like me sitting up at 73 looking at this movie about 1986 that is made in 2020 and seeing people of my lifetime when, in fact, I had juice and, and seeing cats who I admired and, and wishing I had them to show you, you know, and say, yeah, man, these, these are the stalwarts. These are the ones you want to emulate. These are the ones who are there to, to teach by example. But not having that in the way that it's presented, which is through the outlets that is there, you know, not having that, of course, then you don't see it until it's decided, okay, let's put it out now because this is a great time to talk about, you know, the suffering of black men. <laughs> let's bring it out now. But let's bring it out as a past event. Let's bring it out in a, in a way of past history as if it's not reflective of what's going on right now. You know, just mercy, of course, wasn't just because there was no mercy. You know, the mercy is something that we have to find for ourselves to understand and to forgive, you know, a time that has passed us by that we have still endured. So anyway, I'm watching this, and I'm, I'm, I'm like, digging it, you know, from a kind of a uh, – some may say from a negative point of view, but I'm looking at Brian Stevenson, Eva Ainsley, Herbert Richardson, Walter McMillan, Anthony Ray Hinton, Tom Tate, Ralph Myers, and Rhonda Morrison. You know, now they all share the commonality of being part of this one script, right? And Brian Stevenson was a champion for the, for the causes of the poor, the incarcerated, and the condemned. You know, and he is – now we're talking about a cat who out of Harvard, <laughs> you know, and, and starting out and realizing, wait a minute, you know, um, there's something going on here in Monroe County in Alabama, you know, that don't quite seem fair. I've come down to just as an intern interview this one brother on death row, you know, and I'm finding out from him just as part of my internship that – he is so thankful to me for telling him that regardless of whatever else may come down, he will not be executed within the next year. And this brother breaks down crying because he can see his family and he won't have to worry about telling his family when his death sentence is going to happen. We didn't even get to whether he was innocent or guilty. We're just dealing with the fact that he's on death row and just happy that he won't be executed within the next year and it will allow him a time to spend with his family that he won't have to lament about telling them that he's going to die a month after they visit him. You know, and, and yeah. so my man is like, wait a minute. I think I found a calling within a calling. No, a calling within a career. You know, and that's deep, man, when you can find a calling within a career, right? And so... This guy takes on, you know, this, 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 this calling, man, to defend the poor, the incarcerated, and the condemned, and he, and eventually, you know, he has a, a, a like a legion of attorneys, right? And he starts his own program called the Equal Justice Initiative, the EJI, you know, which 
you know, over the course of time, you know, has one relief, you know, has caused reversals or releases of over 140 death row prisoners, man. You know, and we're talking about a time span from the mid-1980s. You know, and that's one dude, right, takes on the cause. But Eva Ainsley, you know, is a white woman, you know, who, who to this day continues to manage his operation, and she's done so since 89. Now, you know, and, and now here's, here's where I am before I even go any further. I'm watching this, and, and the question in my head, you know, that I'm sure will make no sense to anybody but me, and I'm not sure if it even makes sense to me. But it seems to be a question in America that I'm not sure exists anywhere else because, you know, if, if America were Americans, I'm not sure the question would even be there. But my question is how can a white person unwhite, you know, and how can a black person become white? You know, so I, to obviously, you know, they're unanswerable questions that can't be achieved, but yet we live in a society that suggests this separation of mindsets and consciousness that if, in fact, I as a black man can take on, you know, a white persona and take on a white ideology and, and become, you know, white in my value structure, in my behavior, in my movements, then maybe, just maybe, I'll be treated as white. But will that make me white? Now, the other part of it is for a white person, how can a white person unwhite themselves when it comes to equal justice for black people? Can they do Is it even fair in America to imagine that they can? You know, because in the end, America has already defined who I am, and America has already defined who a white person is. And for America, we have to stay consistent in those roles just to be sure that we're treated accordingly. You know, how do you undo that? It can't be done. So what's amazing to me is recognizing, you know, certain things that are revealed by certain people, you know, like a Trump being a Trump, a Biden being a, a Biden, a Clarence Thomas being a Clarence Thomas, Tim Scott being a Tim Scott, that brother Cameron, the lieutenant, you know, the, the attorney general in, in Kentucky, being a diamond and silk, you know, Ben Carson, you know, Amy Barrett, the, 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 the next, I'm sure, Supreme Court justice. Can these folks be who they are visually to become what they need to be, you know, to maintain this, this, this illusion of American democracy? No, they have to stick to their roles, and that's what they do. And this is what we do. So in sticking to these roles, when a theme like um, Just Mercy comes along as a movie, then I'm watching how these folks, you know, within their roles, do what they have to do so a shared vision can be achieved. So a, a Brian Stevenson needs an Eva Ainsley, a Eva Ainsley being white, you know, to be committed to what she does, not what Brian does, but what she does. You know, and then a guy like Herbert Richardson comes along. Now, this is a war vet who has post-traumatic stress, right? And he is one of over 65 people executed in Alabama since 1983. You know, and, and so the one thing, though, that's recognized most like him cannot obtain adequate legal defense. So Herbert Richardson, after spending, you know, so many years on death row, after it's been shown that his mental illness caused his crime, nevertheless was executed because he could not obtain adequate, you know, defense. You know, that in itself is a crime within the crime of, of justice not being not only not equal, but not being blind, right? And then, of course, you know, it's Johnny D or Walter Ray's story, but I'm sorry, Walter McMillan's story, but, you know, but 
before his story are the other stories, like Anthony Ray Hinton. Now, here's the trip to me. It's three dudes right here I want to talk about. Anthony Ray Hinton, Tom Tate, and Ralph Myers. Three names, didn't say who they are, gave no background about their demographics, don't know if they're white or black. You know, you can probably guess that Anthony Ray Hinton might be, but not necessarily. You know, uh, but nevertheless, Anthony Ray Hinton, check this out. Set free after thirty after serving thirty years on death row. Set free. Now, I don't know what kind of freedom it is after serving thirty years on death row. You know, I don't know if 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 if, if there's an adjustment that even can be made to where freedom is a reality. But this is what happened. He was set free after thirty years of on death row, found innocent of his charges. Tom Tate remained sheriff of Monroe County for 32 years and reelected six times after Hinton had been released. So the fact that this dude was on death row for 30 years, set free, meant nothing to Monroe County as far as keeping this dude, Tom Tate, who arrested my man, kept him in his position as sheriff. Ralph Myers, who was one of the key witnesses against Walter McMillan that justified them locking him up, which I'll talk about a little bit later on real quick because I want to leave some time for you, bro. I'm sorry. You know, here's the real kicker. Ralph Myers was released from prison after, in 2017 after serving his 30-year sentence. So he serves a 30-year sentence and he gets out. Ray Hinton gets out after 30 years on death row for a crime he didn't commit. And Tom Tate, the sheriff who arrested both of them, served as sheriff for 32 years, reelected reelected six times and nobody saw a problem with any of that you know i mean right. it it's it, it and in the meantime well you know who's the victim of all this you know Rhonda morrison 19 years old you know she's still dead right in 1993 you know a new investigation confirmed walter mcmillan's innocence and implicated a white dude strongly believed to have murdered her but no charges were ever filed. You know, so the 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 injustice of the imbalance of the injustice still spills over in such a way that, well, there may be somebody else we'll go after, but that's going to make us even look worse. Now, nobody is going to be saying that but me, and that's my view, and that's the view I, I, I feel good about being able to express because this isn't what's going to be said. So rather than pursue someone who murdered her, you're going to know that, who he is, but you're not going to file charges because of how bad it's going to make you as a criminal justice system look. Same things that are going on today, man. And if people don't agree with that, then just reopen our eyes to take a look at Breonna Taylor, right? You know, these things are not new. These things are old as old can be. And there's no black perspective of it, only a black reaction to a white perspective. And then that reaction to that perspective still has to go through the scrutiny of those who, in fact, are the ruling class, who get to either validate or invalidate our concern. Yeah, man. So, anyway, I'll rest right there, bro. <laughs> That's where I am, man. <laughs> How we doing? Just end it, out there. Just I'm, end it yeah, right there. Are you out yet, man? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, we're, we're doing great here. We're just under 15 minutes. Um, yeah. You know, just about the wrap up period here. Uh, we did uh, still have the call lines open for you guys if you just wanted to chime in real quick. Again, the chat room is open. Uh, the number here five one six four five three six zero. 
eight nine four. Um, yeah, so again, my only thing was just breaking from the the conditioning, uh, but it yeah, takes time. But yeah, yeah, so many yeah, different, and so, so many different things. I'm sorry, it what, is. what are you it, saying? It, no, it is, and the thing is, you know, the themes all around us, you know, are, are reflective of of the struggles, of the energy, of the issues, even. I remember, you know, watching Roots with my mom and your uncles, man, you know, and I remember us talking about, you know, um, not so much the TV show, you know, and not even Alex Haley's book Roots, but talking about, you know, the um, the suggestion of, of family history, you know, and, and, and my great frustration is that that didn't translate into us as a family talking about, you know, our family roots, our family history. I still know nothing about my dad, you know. I know very little, very little about my mother's family, not her sisters and brothers. I know a lot about them, but I don't know anything about her mother or her father, you know. I know a little bit about her mother because as a child, you know, we all lived in in her apartment, you know, so I had a few years of being with her before, you know, she died, you know, but it, I was 11 when we moved in with my grandmother, and she died when I was, I'm sorry, I was 9, and she died when I was like 11 or 12. So I didn't know her as this sickly old woman who was kind of mean, you know, um, and, 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 and distant. But it was never a conversation about, you know, who she was and who her husband was, and, and, and there was no conversation about the siblings and did they all have the same father? Did they all have the same mother? You know, I I knew nothing about where she came from, you know, uh, what her life was like. Some suggested that she was an indentured servant who ran away from a plantation, and that's why you can't find any history about who her her name was prior to her, uh, what her maiden name was prior to Ethelene Robinson. That's what some suggest. I don't know, Um, and I'll never know. Well, I may know, you know, if it's something discussed in the hereafter, you know, but Maybe ancestors gather around, you know, the um, the, the 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 fire, the tribal fire, you know, and and do whatever we do as ancestors. I don't know. I don't. But I, all I know is that here in America, I know nothing about anything beyond my mother. I don't know anything about my dad and that whole part of the tree, you know. And I only know my mother's mother in part. Um, but for that matter, man, I don't even know anything about my mother. Sketchy stuff, but not anything we ever sat down when she told me about who she was as a black woman, you know. And therefore, I'll never really fully know why then on my birth certificate it shows her as being white, you know. And there's nothing about my mother that would have suggested a person would have thought that, you know, she was passing as white. However, what I did find out from a knot who's over a century old, that in the 40s it was commonplace for light-skinned black folks to be able in the Chicago land, the surrounding areas, to be able to pass for something other than black, whether it was, mm-hmm. you know, German or Italian or or whatever the case may be, you know. <laughs> but, you know, that's another story for another time in the Black View of the News. So I'm hoping yeah. that at some point, you know, these different themes, like, you know, talking about in depth about the hurricane as a movie, but more about it, you know, as an impact of history, you know, maybe even, you know, talking a little bit about some of the other current events and, and how they, you know, 
impact on on the consciousness of black folks like taking a look at this election and and you know not just taking a look at who we're going to vote for but how did this even come to be that these two old white cats you know how did that even happen that they would be the ones that would be running for the highest position in the land man you know i mean neither one of them right huh it's all about the money now it's all about campaign funding so, I mean, which you know, pretty much what politics have become. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, it, and that's a discussion in itself for sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, mm-hmm. what does that mean to us? You know, even that, you know, campaign funding. And I listen to these folks spend this stuff all day long. But what does it mean to us as black folks? You know, when it comes to our own salvation, what does it really mean to us? You know, or have they figured out that we have figured out that we know it really doesn't mean anything to us because we've mastered the laws of survival. You know, we're going, we know we are as perennial as the roach. We are going to survive this no matter what. So I don't know. <laughs> Let me back up, true. man. No, you know, thanks you for know, letting what, me. Uh, Go ahead. Just in, closing, in closing, since, you know, we had the debate, you gave a breakdown on what the blacks view, what that means, and what our listeners should be, you know, what's, what's going to be coming up on our shows on Thursday. But uh, before you go, and just looking at the debate, and, you know, I put the post up and you, you commented and asking about what you expected or what did you get from the debate. From a black yeah. view, from yeah. a black view, what would yeah. you say is something that we should have gotten out of the debate? Well, I don't know if there was anything that we could have gotten if out of anything. the debate. You know, I mean, but 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 I would hope that's what we would have got out of it. That it really had nothing to do with us, and we don't even. But we need to watch it to know that, you know, and not just assume. Ah, oh, man, you know, you know, what, you know, like you know, what what do we call the, the the woke Negroes? You know, I'm woke. I ain't voting. You know, to wait. No, you know, if I'm not going to vote, they got to earn the reason why I'm not going to vote. They have to convince me why I'm not, not for convenience sake is why I'm not going to vote, not because I've already made myself irrelevant. That's why I'm not going to vote. No, they have to earn my decision not to vote. And the only way they can do that by me watching them and saying it's a waste of time. Now, if anything, I should have gotten out of that debate that it is not a waste of time, you know, to vote. It is so necessary, if for no other reason, just to get into the habit, just to maintain the habit. You know, whether the course of action comes along to be valuable or not, like it did when, you know, Barack was elected. We have to understand the habit of voting means, you know, there's so many like, um, 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 what's, what's Sister Harris's first name, the, the future vice president? Um, uh, so you're going to put me on the spot because i got to make sure I say it correctly. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, yeah. Yeah, Kamala. <laughs> Kamala, that's Kamala. Kamala. That's close yeah. enough. Thank you. you know, um, and and Tracy, what's Tracy's last name in Georgia? You know, um, um, and and my man Cory Booker. You know, and um, you know, see the thing is, there there are so many uh, um, um, Clyborne, You know, in South South Carolina. You know, there are so many black faces, man. All the the mayors and the lieutenant governors and. You know, so many, you know, black men and black women, young, you know, who are already in the political arena. You know, that 
if we if we stay conscious around you know the themes of politics and debates their names are still going to be thrown out there we're going to get to see who they are we're going to get to hear their perspectives we're going to get to understand where they're coming from see and as long as we're in the habit of voting they're the ones who will benefit you know the hell with trump and 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 Biden, what they're doing is, is setting the course of action that makes our votes make sense. You know, and, and to me, that's what should have come out of the debate, out of the debate. You know, that, yeah, you know, all the other people associated with this are teaching me the value of who I have to look forward to to vote for. Because these are going to be the new faces of politics. These cats are old, man. McDonald, you know, McConnell, you know, Mitch McConnell, you know, Oh, these cats, man, you know, they may not realize it, but, you know, it ain't just the Ruth Bader, you know, um, Ginsburg's. It ain't just the John Lewis's. It isn't just the um, 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 Cummings. I forgot Brother Cummings' first name, you know. It, it, it's not just them that are dying. You know, these are the folks that are going to be dying, too. You know, just the natural yeah. course of, of age so dictates. So it's going to be, you know, these face, these faces that are, you know, showing up, that are revealing their their their, their, their themes and, and 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 their political, you know, uh, agenda. You know, they're the ones that when we're in the habit of voting, we'll know who they are. You know, instead of just bowing out without enduring. You know, I didn't last through the whole debate. Of course, I didn't. You know, because this ain't my TV. I didn't want to have to apologize <laughs> want to, to my nephew. <laughs> yeah, you, know. So, you know, but I had to watch enough of it to justify why I couldn't watch it any longer. You know, but I had to keep in mind for the times I watched it, all those who had commentaries about it, man, you know, in the political arena. So anyway, that's the, yeah. that's all I can offer from that, man. You know, that, yeah, um, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. you know, just, yeah, they, you know, they, there's something to be said about the fact that for eight years we got to watch a dude and his family, we got to watch them do things together, we got to watch this cat roll around on the grass in front of the White House with pets, we got to watch him walk his daughters to school, we got to watch his his wife raise the consciousness of of diet in America, we got to watch them stroll through the rose garden together. We got to watch her plant roses. You know, we got to watch them as a family, you know, show up in, in, in different places around the world. And, and we got to watch him and his, and his, you know, she and her husband and how they were received by royalty all over the globe. We got to watch all of that. For four years, we haven't seen any of that. We haven't seen any collective of family like we saw for eight years. We've seen nothing that resembles family, you know, based on what what we got accustomed to seeing for eight years. We've seen this cat, and, like, for four years, can you really say anything about what his wife has done as first lady? You know, I mean, can you talk anything about how, how them as a family, him, his sons and you know his daughter and son-in-law and and his wife how they sat down and and broke bread together i mean can you even see them as a family having presented themselves to american society you know too creepy for eight years 
did. For eight years, we saw it as a constant, you know, as, a, as a love story, you know, not just them with each other, but them with America and America and the rest of the world with them. You know, in four years, we haven't seen any of that. You know how hard it is for me not to cuss right now? <laughs> you know, it's just, <laughs> man. Well, I'll tell you what, then. We'll, we'll give you the way. I'm going to give you way out then, and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll close it on that tonight. Yeah. Um, Amen. And let my nephew know that his TV is intact, man. It doesn't have a dent on it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, he didn't respond in the chat room, so it doesn't look like he was sweating. He did say amen to the Obama family. With the, uh, but, yeah, um, normally, you know, you can always press one if you're listening in to chime in. Um, we may have not given you all a lot of time to do so tonight. Um, it's kind and of an introduction read. Yeah. Oh, it, it's cool though because it's kind of what I expected. Because it was this was kind of an introduction reintroduction. I don't know uh, right. to right. what yeah. you know yeah. to what you and I have been doing, but now it's just right. a little bit more, you know, uh, in a smaller, if you will, not Wednesday to Thursday, but just Thursday. So, I mean, here we are with Thursday, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, the greenhouse effect. Me and my dad. You all let me know if you can find a father and son that's doing what we're doing. We'll check it out for right <laughs> Amen. now. Amen. Amen. Yeah, you know, this is what's up. Uh, so next week, you know, he's already given us a preview. Dad gave us a preview. We'll be talking about Hurricane uh, next week. So tune in right next on. week. Uh, same time, same channel. And, you know. Hey, Will, let me just say real quick, man. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. Yeah, man. Thank you, man, for being you, man. Wow. Well, thank you. (laughs) And we can go on and on and on. (laughs) But thank you all, too, to the listeners, and we appreciate y'all's support. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. Yeah. And keep those letters and calls coming. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, uh, man. They're going to cut me off pretty soon. So let me say good night to you and everybody now, man. All right. Well, good night to you too, Dad. We love you, and thank you so much for sharing your view. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so again, next week, same time, uh, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, blogtalkradio.com slash the greenhouse effect. You know, you can find my dad on social media as well, Bill Green. Again, be on the lookout for thegreenhouseeffect.com and theroadshaman.com. That's right. Dad's going to have his own website, so Exciting times to try to make things happen. Um, you've got a business you want us to promote and talk about also, let me know. Uh, in addition to providing wellness mentally, spiritually, physically, I think we also need to be promoting and supporting each other financially, right? Black wealth, continuing our series, Wealth in America, things like that. So uh, please hit me up. Uh, if you would like us to support your business, um, let me know what it is. I'll get back to you. We'll definitely give you a plug and a shout-out here on the Greenhouse Effect. All right, until next week, ladies and gentlemen, please stay safe. Keep that mask up. Take care of each other. Keep on doing what it is that you're supposed to be doing. Uh, we only got each other, right? We only got each other. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. Be crying, but my heart just won't obey. If you say it should be happy.
lying on the rooftop. 